Soldier Field, 24-17. Bears trying to get their 10th win. Here's the boot up in the air. Going up for it. Allen Robinson, he's got it! I want to see the Bears give him an opportunity to prove that he can do this. He's got the ball at the 43-yard line. When all the signs in the world were there. I think that'll be a fade-to-black moment with Allen Robinson taking it out of the air. That's what you're really hoping for that they really contribute to the team each year, and that you build a great base and foundation. And these loyal fans have been rewarded for their loyalty. It was, it was, it was awesome. It's, we picked up right where we left off. It was fantastic. And they have a Bears team to be proud of right now. Takes the snap, takes a knee, they head to the field. The Bears have won it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 34 to Glory. I'm your host, Tyler Flush, joined by my co-host and father, Brian Flush. Hey there. All right, so very interesting week. Uh, we get another win. We moved to 5-1. and one. Can you believe that? I actually cannot. Uh, offense still struggling a bit. Uh, not respected at all. A lot of people are calling us the worst team in history. I've heard that you guys are the five and one paper tigers. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard worst five and one team of all time. But look, I mean, yeah, we don't put up big numbers, but on the offensive side, but hey, the defense is for real. It, it is. has proven itself time and time again. The, our our defenses look fantastic. I mean, is it perfect? No, no one has a perfect defense, but it is a damn good defense, and it's playing lights out. And we've got um, our rookie uh, playing wonderfully on that in that uh, is a corner. I mean, it's just really, really doing. You always forget his name, Jalen Johnson. I do forget his name. Thank you very much, son. And he is playing wonderfully. Um, I, I just can't say enough about the defense. The, the only thing with the uh, defense, uh, there are a few things on the defense. Uh, for instance, I mean, we, we well, you know what? Before we get into all this, I was just going to say, the, the one of the things is you can tell Buster Screen is being picked on quite a bit. They're yeah. looking at 24 and they're circling 24 and they're picking on 24. But let's start by let's let's just go through the game real quick. Uh we start off interception, boom, red zone right off the rip. Yeah. That was awesome to see. I mean, every single game this year we have been behind the eight ball, coming back from behind to get off to a quick start. Wow, it felt very unbear-like, but it was wonderful. Um, Got a little scary, though, that we wouldn't even get a TD. It did. It, it, what was more scary was the fact that you call a timeout, and then after the timeout, we get a delay of game. That was even scarier. There, there, there's some real trust issues going on with Nagy and Foles. There are. And because was, the clock, what, what happened was the clock's running down to zero, Foles calls for the hike, snaps his hand, or claps his hands. Nagy runs down and calls timeout. And Foles kind of looked over like, I got it. What are you I, doing? I, I still don't know if Nagy realizes that he doesn't still have Trubisky out there. Well, he does. Nagy is, um, I mean, again, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, 
So the yeah, we got off to fast start. We got the interception. They held us though. No, um, we got a we got a touchdown. I, I, no, I mean in in terms of oh, that's right, that's right. It was I'm thinking of another play. No, I was yeah. gonna say yeah. we got a touchdown. Yep. Cole Komet first touchdown Donald. as a Bear. Good feeling. Uh, good to get him involved finally in this yeah. offense. Yeah, great catch. Even a better throw. Yeah, look, we we said this about Nick Foles. He's streaky. The announcers seem to don't say it all the time. Don't even get me started on these announcers. I I, I don't know who the announce team was. It was I, I have no idea, but it was uh, it, I, it was like they weren't even watching the same game. Yeah, yeah. There was there were three or four occasions that they were so far off in terms of how they were calling the game. The, the, you and I looked at each other like, what? Did, what did they just say? Do they do they see with their eyes that what they just said doesn't match with what's happening on the field? Yeah. So we we go up seven nothing. Um, Carolina marches down the field and in, in a way, but just like every time they march down the field, our defense holds again, time and time again. Is the pattern for the Bears? Listen, you may go down but we have the number one red zone defense in allowing touchdowns yeah it's that it's that old you will bend but not break defense and in the red zone tyler i believe we are number one in the red zone in the nfl in terms of defense I'm, yeah i just said that uh, i'm i'm sorry i must have missed it no i just said and then we do what we do and we're in the number one red zone defense in allowing touchdowns we do not allow touchdowns in the red zone number one overall it, I mean, it's right there. I, Matt Rule said in the game that he said he looked at the film. He wanted Carolina to go for wins. He wanted them to go and to or get, go for a win against the Bears. And by doing that, what he meant is he said, "Look, we got to get the ball into the end zone against them. They get a lot of field goals." That's what they do. We need touchdowns. Field goals aren't going to beat this team. And like you said, Ben, don't break. We bend a little. We never broke. Here's what I liked about their offense, though, and I wish our offense did more of this. Going for it on fourth down. I love that. Yeah, you know, and it didn't hurt them at all. No, it it absolutely did not hurt. Yeah, and then, like, okay, let, let, let's talk about some things. We're not going to go through the entirety of the game, obviously, hopefully, Everyone saw the game. Um, I want to talk about... We haven't really bitched about the refs too much this year. But the refereeing in this game was absolutely atrocious to our side of the ball. Uh, Kyle Fuller was getting picked on all day. He made a play where he, he went behind a guy. He went around his back over the top to get a ball. Which then got picked off by Eddie Jackson. And Eddie Jackson runs it to the house. They say no. Pass interference. Well, a couple plays before that, Allen Robinson went for a ball. The guy literally gets there early, hits his arm, tips over the ball, no pass interference. Yeah, we were yelling like, hey, shouldn't we challenge this? I mean, oftentimes these challenges are for naught, but no. at least we were thinking we should challenge it. Well, rewind. Tell people what you're talking about. Well, after after the play in which Allen Robinson got hit from the back, you could tell 
that the ball was coming. Okay, see, because I thought you were talking about the other play. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Because we were yelling challenge at both. That's yeah, why I was confused. Yeah, yeah, no. I Thank you for the clarification. I'm talking about Allen Robinson's literally does a curl, turns around. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. It is. You can see the guy hit him early before the ball gets there, and there was absolutely no call. And we were yelling, challenge it, challenge it. We really thought Nagy would have should have challenged it at that point in time. But he doesn't. So, so, so then we go to this play, which was, by all means, even more challengeable challenge. than the other play. Now, what the play we're talking about is a play we referred to earlier where Bridgewater drops back. Now, we didn't see this part at first. They were yelling the ball got tipped. If a ball gets tipped, there's no pass interference. Right, because it's a live ball. Exactly. And you are allowed to challenge that on the play. Bridgewater drops back, passes. It looks like Hicks, I think it was Hicks, barely tipped it with his fingertips, and the ball started wobbling. It was a spiral in slow-mo for a little bit, and then it went to a wobble. Regardless... I still don't think it was pass interference on Kyle, Kyle Fuller. I thought it was good defense. So now when they challenge it, you can look at two things, okay? Two things in that. They're going to look at the tip anyway, and then they would have challenged pass interference. Nagy doesn't, and that's a touchdown. Well, it's not because they ruled it dead, but still, still we would have very the ball favorable in the, position. Exactly. I was going to say we still have the ball in the red zone. Right, right. I don't. I don't know what the deal with Nagy is. With um, he seemed to get he. He has seemed. To, he seems to be dumber. He really does, and there's no polite way to say it. He seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. Because we'll talk about how he ended the game, and let's just dive into yeah, it. Yeah, go for it. You have an ability. I don't understand because you said earlier, I wish he would go for more fourth downs. And I totally agree with you. Why aren't we taking a risk early in a game with our defense? Instead, it's like we play like Teddy Bridgewater is uh, Tom Brady, where let's get the first down and let's pass instead of kill the time. Well, when your defense has dominated the entirety of the game, Okay. Yeah. Keep then, putting some trust in them. How about exactly? But instead of running the ball and ticking time down so that they would have no time on the clock, they end up with a significant amount of time on the clock to go do something. Luckily, what ends up happening, they get the ball back. Teddy Bridgewater throws a horrible interception. And again, the defense closes the game. Exactly. Do you, do you think, Ty, is is Nagy slower this year, or is it just my imagination in terms of decision-making? He just seems like he's a couple steps behind. Well, it's not just slow. It's dumb. It's, it's dumb play calling, dumb no challenges, dumb execution, dumb, uh, dumb time management. Oh, the timeout stuff is ridiculous. Yeah, he knows they don't carry over, right? Uh, does he? I think someone. I, did. I don't I, know. I'm not so sure. Having watched him, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I can't remember the last time we challenged anything. I, I mean, we are we are getting by. There, yeah. There's no question, and I understand some of the criticism with us, 
But hey, listen, five and one, that's a big deal. I, I love being five and one. And, and if if you hear in our voices, if you think as Bears fans, we don't love being five and one, we do. But it doesn't mean that we're perfect or we don't have room to improve. But I'm talking about the criticism we're receiving from the outside. Oh, yeah. I, under- I understand the criticism. I do, too. I get it. But what I don't understand in a way is sometimes you thought I thought maybe the criticism would get lighter after Tampa Bay beat Green Bay 38 to 10 because they absolutely spanked Green Bay and we shut down Tampa. I don't understand the respect factors going on. I, I, I mean, I get it. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can never tell. Well, Green Bay's coming off a bye. And Tampa's coming off a loss. So to me, there should be a little more respect factor with the Bears. Yeah. Because we are five and one and we did hold the we the, just held that team. There's a in all honesty though, there's a big difference, Ty. Green Bay up to that point it was averaging about thirty five points a game. We've not been averaging thirty five points a game. People just naturally think our offense is not there. Fun and we don't deserve to win because our offense is not there. Fun fact, um, Warren Sharp, and you'll have to go to his Twitter for the exact tweet, until that game, Green Bay was on pace to be the most dominant offense in the NFL has ever seen. Yes. They were averaging more points per plays than the Patriots when they had Randy Moss. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. But that's what I'm talking about, Dad. How do we go out? It's only a week apart. It's not a far distance. We go out. We take care of business against Tampa. They get blown out of the water. And people are like, well, they're still good. Well, I get it. They put up a lot of points and they won flashy. But we're winning. Yeah. We're grinding. So so what that tells you about the NFL is people love their offense better than their defense. I, I'm serious. That that is honest, honestly the truth. People love to see the long bombs. They love to see the big plays. They love to see the running back break a big run. They love to see a guy take a slant to the house. I mean, Bears fans, we appreciate defense, right? We've always appreciated defense. Monsters of the midway, but the NFL as a whole values offense above all else. And I think that's pretty proven by how the the rules are structured, don't you? You know, yeah. there was a day you could actually hit the quarterback without breaking him. Yeah, no, I, I agree to a certain point, but I also agree some point of... Um, we've talked about numbers and numbers sometimes lying, and everything's all about analytics right now. And I think sometimes when they do power rankings and stuff, they they take too much into accountability because... Listen, here's the thing, and I'm I'm going to tie this into gambling because it makes sense, because I gamble. I do a fair share of gambling here and there. If the analytics were so right, then Vegas and all the other sports books around the world would be losing their ass because they could be able to dictate the games, Correct. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's. But not, that's why I'm saying numbers lie. Yeah, they put right. a lot into analytics. Like analysts get on here, they sit there, they never say they're fucking wrong. We do. 
we've we've eaten shit plenty of times and guess what we're gonna continue you know sometimes you gotta eat your crow you know and we do what i can't stand about them is they're gonna get on here and say they're the bear the bears they're five and one they're not that good how can you say a team is five and one and not that good I get it's going, ah, I don't know. Maybe I get I, I get the criticism when people go, well, maybe they'll go out in the first round. I understand that, and that's fine. That's a fair criticism. But to sit here and say we're not good at five and one, well, you can take that comment and shove it straight up your ass. I don't care what analytics you throw at me. Five and one in six weeks of the NFL is hard to do. I don't care what team you are. Yeah, listen. Anyone's going to love being five and one. And just because we have an offense that is struggling, we both admit that, right? We have an offense that struggles for the, for the most part. Yeah, we well, do. We, we, and, and by the way, something we should talk about, I don't believe the offense is struggling because of the talent on the field. I believe the offense is struggling more because of the play calling. I think it's both. I think it's truly both. I mean... It's both, honestly. I I don't think it's so much the play calling. Our offensive line's bad. That's the problem. I, we, I mean, our our offensive line is scary bad. Yeah it it it's not opening. I agree with you. It's not opening up a lot of holes. But it's not pass. It's the pass blocking. Yeah. It, I mean, they're not doing anything. Yeah. It it it's certainly our weakness this year. And it didn't help when Daniels went out. I mean that, um, <laughs> that that was no good, right? And, and I thought Barr was gonna. Is it Bars? Yeah, Barr. Yeah, I thought he was um, gonna come in and. It, oh, here's what people don't understand: uh, the offensive line is a unit that is based on being in sync with one another. You have to take repetition snaps. Everyone likes to talk about a quarterback and a wide receiver having the chemistry that they should have, right? No one talks about the offensive line. The offensive line has to understand with almost, with not almost, without actually saying, hey, you get this guy, you get that guy, because they read the blitz, they read the stunt, they read everything. So they know when to double team and when to lay off and switch to the next guy. We don't have that right now. Right. Well, you know, one time I heard um, Merlin Olson, who was a, a, a great defensive lineman, talk about offensive linemen in this way. He said, imagine a bunch of 300-pound guys who, who take ballet and have to dance within an inch or a half inch of one another without stepping on each other's toes. They they literally have an inch to a half an inch room at times in terms of pulling guards and being in the exact right spot. But it's not, and you're you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's more to me we're not having a problem with that. We are having a big problem if they run a stunt that it feels like one guy double teams Right? Mm -hmm. So one guy's taking him, but he doesn't know when to switch. He doesn't know when to lay that guy off and pick up the next guy. And we're having a very hard time with that. And then we're having a very hard time also with 
the and this does fall on the play play calling. There were a couple plays where I thought that David Montgomery did not block. No, that was not true. He went on a pass route, which is not his fault. If that's his route, he has to take that route. He doesn't have to stay back and block. The only time he has to do that, if the quarterback kills it. If he goes kill, 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 and audibles to something, then he has to. That didn't seem to be the case. Very concerned on that, why Nagy didn't bring people back to protect Foles a little more. Didn't quite understand that at all. Um, Also... I just this this falls to our offensive line. I I know I bashed analytics earlier, but the thing with analytics is that I what I was saying is you can't base it all off analytics. But what I was telling you during the game is we kept trying to force the run also with our linemen who were not opening holes as you pointed out earlier. We don't. This is the new NFL. You don't need... There's no such thing, and they've proven this. You don't have to... The run doesn't open up the pass and vice versa. Right. That's a wives' tale. Exactly. Why keep running the ball, right? Yeah. This... We, we, now, and, I, and I have a point to say real quick. Why keep running the ball when it's not working? Last night, the Kansas City Chiefs faced the Buffalo... Oh, excuse me. The Buffalo Bills, right? Now, the Buffalo Bills committed to stopping the pass, okay? But the Chiefs were still passing on him. The Chiefs came into that game 34% running the ball. 34%. Second lowest in the entire NFL for committing to the run. They only run the ball 34% of the time, okay? They go into this game. What starts happening? Boom. Boom. Boom, seven yards, seven yards, seven yards. They start averaging 7.8 yards carry. Mahomes doesn't even throw anymore. Yeah. He just starts handing the ball off because it works. So you don't need a balance. It, There's no such thing. This, this comes down to the old Bill Belichick philosophy. I'm going to keep doing it until you stop me. I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep running that ball. Do you know the Chiefs? Well, do you no. know the Chiefs ran the ball 46 times? But Belichick, see, but Belichick's different, though, because what he'll do is he'll say, I'm going to run the run, 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 run. And, but he doesn't do what you say. He doesn't do, I'm not, I'm going to run until you fix it. He goes, okay, now you think I'm going to run again with this four tight end set? And this is what I don't get why we don't run this play. We lined up on the goal line with a four tight end set. Everyone in the world knew it was a run. We get stopped. Luckily, Foles gets in the next play on a sneak. Where is the little fake play action where the, the tight end slips out into an end zone? You, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know what's you know what's better than a good run game is a good play action pass. Yeah, exactly. And look, I. I w- we have a lot of work to do, but look, the optimism is high right now. If we can get into the playoffs and keep Foles healthy, which pray I pray it works, that you know we have a chance to we, do something in the playoffs. We really do have a chance. I, I love what you said because you know no one during playoff times goes, How did you get here? No, no. I mean, who cares? I mean, look it's, at the, it's like you're you're at the dinner table. Look at the NFC East. 
Someone in that horrible division is oh going to get in. Gosh. Well, come on. Look, the Cowboys still still are in the running. I mean, come on. No, they're saying the Giants. Okay, so the they're saying the Giants and uh, the Eagles are going to be a great game. They both only have one win. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're fighting for the division in week seven. I know. It, it is it is crazy. That entire conference ought to be shot and hung uh, hung to dry. Well, anyway, let's now. I I don't want to be Mister Negative Nancy because we are five and one, but I I do have some concerns, and and they're they're legit concerns. A lot of people I talked to some people today at work, and they they said, hey, you know, this is just by his pace already. He has another year. He, he's not going to go down this year. And it buys Nagy more time. And I disagreed because th- this season's not over. Oh, we, could, we could absolutely fall apart. We could absolutely only get 10 wins. Oh, you better believe ten, it. 10 and 6 is a possibility. Like, so let, let's calm down. I know we're talking playoffs, but if something happens to Foles, we're not getting in the playoffs. Now, if that does happen, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I, Because I am worried. If we do do good and we do go far, they will keep pace. They w- and they, then they, they will keep Nagy. And at this point, unless Nagy gets his shit together, and I'm only going to give him like two more games. I'm calling it right now. I'm giving him two more games before I make up my mind whether he should go or stay. And the only way... After these two games, I say I was wrong and you can stay. Is you bring home a Super Bowl? I don't care about an NFC championship. I really don't. I want a Super Bowl because when I watched the Chiefs last night, the motion, all that was there. He's lost all that. I I, I couldn't agree more. So that's why there's light at the end of the tunnel. If we do go down, if we do not go down, there's a little bit of misery and little, just a little bit. In the aspect that these guys might stick around. But playoff feeling, I, I'm sorry. Hey, God, call me listen, a homer, but I'm going in on the playoff feeling because there's nothing like being in not? the playoffs. Hey, I'll take happy, miserable any day of the week. Okay? Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah, that any day of the week. Deal. Yeah. Deal. I mean, what's the last time we could get excited about a freaking playoff game in Chicago? It's been a while. Well, against the Eagles, double doink. The guy who we have now beat us, so maybe we figured out a formula. I don't know. Uh, another thing uh, on the defensive side of the ball, it seems like everyone else is getting to the quarterback except Robert Quinn. Khalil Mack has just he's done it again. He's turned it on to he's another level. The unsung hero, the one that only Bears fan knows his name, is just a huge asset on that defensive line, Hakeem Hicks. Oh, God, is you know I, I'll I'll say this, I, and I think it's I think it's fairly bold, but Hakeem Hicks is the heart of this team. I would agree with that, actually. It he really is he really is the heart of this team, and especially the heart of the defense, because when he's in there, we are a completely different team than when he's gone. Roquan had a slightly better game. Um, we ended up, we did end up sacking Teddy four times. Roquan, much better tackling. 
this game than last game. Yeah. So we got those. We ended up with four sacks. We ended up with... Do you remember how many... In, did we have two? I thought two. You know, you were... Because I wanted I, to I'm say gonna, three. I, I got to admit... Yeah, it's just two. I got to admit, you were kind of looking right about Robert Quinn. Um, Bob Quinn is not the same guy he once was, and... No, we got Bob. We need Robert. <laughs> We got Bob. We need Robert. What about, I don't know what. What Bob's about Bob? Huh? What about seriously? But he's just—he's not putting any pressure. No, on anyone. He did on that last interception, and I guess yeah, that's a big one. But I, I don't see it. Well, for the, I guess I'm looking at the return on investment. Right? You always ask when you buy a player, did you get that return yeah, on but, investment? And given the amount of plays he's in and the amount of plays he's really doing something to either force a pass or pressure, he just doesn't he doesn't look like that investment that no. we thought we were getting. And then on the other side of the ball, look, I'm going to give David Montgomery the benefit of the doubt. I really am. I'm going to say we don't have an offensive line, and that might be why he's struggling. Also, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt is Nagy's underutilizing him in the past game. Oh, by far. Listen, if if Montgomery got eight to ten passes a game, he would be fantastic. We are so underutilizing his talents as a catcher out of the backfield it's it's not even funny. Now, here's if Montgomery was here with you and I right now, Ty, here's the one thing I would say to that young man. Quit juking around and hit the hole and go north and south. Yeah. There's he, way too much juking and dodging and trying to be fancy when at times, you know who he needs to watch? And I, I kid you not, Mostert. There's a guy who... He, he runs north and south. He hits the hole, and look what he does. I'm not saying that Montgomery has that kind of speed. He doesn't have Mostert speed, but I am I am saying he, he knows how to hit the hole, and that's what that young man needs to learn to do: hit the hole, move north and south, young man, and quit trying to be so fancy dancing around. Well, I don't think it's just that. I don't I don't think he's seeing holes at all. Well, yeah. He, well, I agree. He's You're not saying seeing, hit the hole, but you got to see. I, well, yeah, there's got to be a hole there to hit, right? Well, there's three factors. One, I think he's juking too much. Two, I think he can't see the holes. And three, a lot of times there are no holes there. So like I said, I'm not going to jump his shit right now. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But that guy's he needs to get it going. Because I still don't understand trading away Jordan Howard. Um, I don't understand signing Lamar Miller if Lamar Miller's not going to play. I don't understand putting Cordero Patterson in the backfield if every time he's in there we give him the ball on a handoff. Like again, it's just though, set, it's again, just setting that's him play, up. That's play calling. It is that's play calling. Play calling. See, th that's that's setting a guy up for failure. Oh, what? hey, here comes Cordell. Everybody in the world knows he, we're about to run the ball. Cordero. Cordero. 
I mess that up every time. I know, but we got to get used to it. Luckily, you can say Daniels now because Chase Daniel is gone. Uh, that's true. So now you have Josh Daniels. You can say Daniels. <laughs> but <laughs> there's you, the, you change know, though, is good. I I, I want to bring this up, and I'm going to play a clip of Nick Foles right now and what he said in the press conference. And it just, if this doesn't get you fired up, Trubisky... If you haven't seen his or listened to his press conferences or seen him, he's dull, he's plain, he's Jane. This Nick Foles, have you heard this yet? I have not heard this. I'm I'm sitting here in anticipation right now. He this is the kind of quarterback I'm pumped for. Look, I get it. We said he's streaky and blah blah blah, but man, he can get the job done. And there's something when that pressure comes on and the lights come on, he shines brighter. Yeah. And right now there hasn't been much pressure. And he's still he's playing okay. He's making good throws. He's getting the job done. But he was asked a question in the, the press conference, and I'm going to play it now, and uh, we're going to sit back, and I want your reaction after the video because I've already heard it. So let me, um, <laughs> as a filibuster here, I thought I had it up and going. Oh, oh we almost got it up and going. But We are now experiencing here. technical difficulties. Please stand by. Okay. I here we it. go. And one. Can you get two. complacent and say, hey, man, we're five and one. This is it. No, like we're, we're sitting there in the locker room after the game talking through it. Hey, we got to be better here. This is what we got to do here. Communication here, route running here. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball here. We know that. I know you're all going to ask those questions. We know that. And that's what's exciting because we don't have to have y'all say, hey, you doing this. Hey, we know. But we also know that we're going to improve because we believe in one another. And that's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win a game. Bad teams win with prettiness great teams win no matter how it takes so i'm proud of our guys i i i think we're continuing to improve are we where we want to be no we're not where we want to be but i'm excited about our offense i'm excited about the guys that are there i like the communication that's happening on the side i love the passion of the players most important they care and we're bonding we're getting to know each other that's football like you don't just go out there and play football you got to care about the man next to you to make those plays so I like where we're at. I know we're going to improve. I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. What do you think? I'm ready to put on the pads and go out and play for him. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I I was getting bumped up listening to him. I, he, he really fired me up. I, if I was his teammate and I was listening to that, I would be thinking, you know what? We can go a ways here. This guy can take us a long way. But see, I think this is where the the he, I mean, look, there were rumors in Philly that Carson Wentz was not liked, that Nick was the guy, that Nick Foles was the guy, and you're starting to see why with speeches like that. But you're starting to see the fiery. He's won his Super Bowl. He has a Super Bowl MVP. You're starting to see a guy who says, "Look, I don't care. Fuck it." I don't care that this is my first year. I don't care that I don't know anybody. I'm coming in here, and I'm going to say my piece. And, like, what he said right there, the, the, it makes sense. Look how short of a time he's been there. Well, here's the thing that you and I were critical of Trubitsky for, and that was he was just milk toast. There was no fire in his belly. Come on, get mad at someone 
we've already seen two different occasions on the sideline where Foles is having a heated conversation. Now, Foles may say later on that it wasn't heated, but guess what? It was heated. And I love how Foles has that fire in his belly. Give me a quarterback who's got some fire in his belly, and I will take some of that over talent any day of the week. Seriously. So I am ready to play some football right now. Yeah, I mean, that that was super, ins- like, you want to see that. Well, but, but you want to see that. You, uh, I, It's nice to see players actually be able to express themselves because you know what's funny? I feel like we always want players, we're sick of the coach speak, we're sick of the player talk. But yet, when they do the littlest things, everyone criticizes them. So you wonder why they hide in this bubble with no matter what they do, everything's wrong. And it, that, that was just nice to see from Nick Foles, man, and him being fired up. And he even got a little tongue-tied over his words there about, you know, he's like, good teams, you know, bad teams win pretty and good teams win whatever it takes. But he didn't say it like that. You know, you could... You got a little, but but that's what I like because that's not it's scripted. not rehearsed exactly. It's, not it's, not rehearsed, not scripted, off the cuff, ready like just that. It's genuine and it's real. Yes, exactly. And and people love that about a leader. They love leaders who are genuine and real with you and are not scripted and not playing a part. No, Uh Look, like I said, the only bad side and the only downfall to all this is that maybe, you know, those contracts contracts get extended for, you know, Pace and Nagy and, you know, but right now, honestly, it's in the back of my head, but I'm not too focused on it. I'm ready for this year and to see how this year goes. And I'm very optimistic about how we're, what we're going to do. I don't necessarily think we need to get the run game going, and I don't think we need to do these stupid little bubble screens to step up to make up for the run game. You know, just just play someone and exploit them. Like, if you're throwing down the field and you're picking apart their cover two or you're tearing apart their man-to-man, you don't need to go back to running the ball. Yeah, yeah. I you don't need to go back to running the ball. I also like this about Foles. I love the fact that at least a couple times a game, he takes some long shots down the field. Now, maybe they haven't worked yet, but here's the deal. Well, we they s- will work. Well, they will. Well, it keeps the defense honest. And and Foles, he took a hit and threw a really bad interception, and that's, that's what he'll do. He'll throw bad balls. And it was right after we turned the ball over on a fumble and, you know, Eddie Jackson hit Mike Davis and he fumbled and we picked it up and then Foles threw an interception. But, it, you know, it happens. It's okay. But Foles is going to give you that. Foles is going to be able to throw the ball, give your guy a chance. Trubisky's never doing that. Right. And we saw when you're not even – and, I, you know, I really hope that Matt Nagy might almost take something from Foles because he's out there risking – Matt, maybe you need to risk and trust this offense a little more to get some momentum build up because our defense is playing at an incredible level. Yeah. When you're shutting down the Panthers and only holding them to field goals, Matt, you need to sit there and say, okay, 
offense. Let's do this. Come on. And do it early. We, if we do it early, we're not hurting anyone. What are, what are the percentages on fourth and one with quarterback sneaks going for it? I'm, we're going to have to look that up. But, but it depends the, on who the quarterback well, is. Well, I know. But, okay, but let's say... No, but why why do that? Let's just say Nagy, get off your lazy ass and get creative. Cause he has it in him. We've seen it. Get creative. He had a Kim Hicks in the backfield, like the fridge. Gone. All that's gone. He has gone to the John Fox style of offense. Ultra conservative. The the I feel like you're in a relationship and the honeymoon phase is over. And he got lazy. We're not getting flowers anymore. We're not getting spontaneous chocolates. We're just getting... Ugh, blah. Well, Some heated blah. up leftovers, right? Yeah, exactly. There's no surprises. Our anniversaries are getting left in the dust. No one's remembering. That's how I feel with Nagy. <laughs> That's not the guy I fell in love with. What's going on here? I, I could relate so much because, you know... That first year, we talk about it all the time. There was, I loved all the motion and people going here and there. And you'd, you'd even ask yourself, what's he about to do? What's he about to do? And, and you'd be surprised. You'd go, oh, I'd never thought of that play. And now it's pretty much, you can call about every play. I mean, if you can't, there's probably a little something wrong. You're probably not paying attention. Quite honestly, to the offense, if you, if it were pretty predictable, watch who comes in, watch who goes out, watch what's ran. That that could be a problem if that doesn't change in the playoffs. Good teams will pick up on those patterns, Ty. They really will. You know, I want to mention something right now that I think has not been mentioned, and I want to give credit to Chuck Pagano. Um, he's been very quiet, not a guy that gets out there much, but I think he's done not only a wonderful job with this defense, but I think he has called some defensive plays that have really put us in wonderful positions. And, um, I, I, I just think he's a, an unsung hero this year in, in terms of our, our team. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing really good, so it was a surprise. We were very hesitant when we lost Vic, but you know, he's in there doing his thing and doing what he has to do. So it's nice to see. Do do you have any um I don't know any problem with anyone else? Like well, I do have a problem. Hold on, I want to talk about this. We forgot all about this, and this got me hot in the moment. What the hell is Kyle Fuller supposed to do? On that play, if he doesn't lower his shoulder, oh yeah, he lowered his shoulder. The guy, Kyle Fuller, went very, very low to the waist section. This guy caught the ball, crouched down. Now I'm not blaming the receiver at all. The receiver did a reflex. He got low, so he didn't get jacked up. They both hit low. Kyle Fuller led with his shoulder. They said defenseless wide receiver. He fumbled the ball then. We should have got a fumble out of that, or at least minimum incompletion. 
what are you supposed to do? Because if Kyle, you have to take the penalty. Because if you don't, he's gone. That's a touchdown. Absolutely. It makes no sense whatsoever. We were yelling at the TV on this one. If you recall, we were like, what are they talking about? That is that is not a defenseless receiver. That's not that kind of hit. That is simply the guy, the offensive guy trying to protect himself and the defensive guy coming in for a clean hit. Exactly. Leading with your shoulder. He wasn't leading with his head. Not at all. That's one that I wish the NFL would allow reviews to take place on. Something that that's that egregious. They need to be able to stop, time out. Guys, let's look at this in slow motion here. This is not a case of someone trying to take another guy's head off. This is two people coming in, one trying to protect himself and the other using his shoulder. Right. It, it, it just it just irritated me. Plus, it, it, it cost our bears a little bit. But Yeah, I just think they need to look at that and adjust and just they got to figure it out, man. That's all there is to it. So anything else about this, that game or uh, anything I, else on your mind? I, I think we, I think we really covered it. I'm, I was a little concerned about, um, some of our special teams play. I, I don't know if, 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 um, part of the reason that we don't have, you know, really great field position is I don't see a lot of really great blocking like I used to see in terms of uh, wedges forming, in terms of guys uh, getting the ball on kickoff returns or punt returns. Um, people sometimes don't say a lot about special teams, but I think they're actually more important in ball games than people give them credit for. Um, I get it if you know, the ball is kicked into the end zone. You take it out to the 25. But I think having good special teams that really get the ball into um, territory just makes it so much easier for the offense. And I, I just feel that's a little bit missing this year, quite honestly. I think it was easier, though. They've really taken special teams out of the game. Well, they have so. with some of the rules. They really have. I mean, it's hard. So what are you, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to do there. So, well, we uh, move on to Monday Night Football next week. Yeah, late one. Late one. For people on the West Coast, uh, we, we actually got a taste, get a little taste of what you get every day with uh, the last night's Monday Night game that started, that started at, at 5, five o'clock. And five I loved it. Yes. We could actually watch a game and get to bed at a decent hour. Yeah, not wonderful. going to eleven thirty or midnight. Yeah, so that that's always rough. Huh. So let's let's talk about this upcoming game. Yeah, you um, go. So last time we played against golf, uh, Bears fans know this. We owned him. Golf was a mess. We had him so shook up. I forget how many times we sacked him. Did we sack him like six or seven times? I mean, it was unbelievable. He was he was shell shocked. We were he couldn't do a thing. Um, we we really dominated that. Our defense just absolutely dominated the game. Um, interesting now because we go out to uh, what is that new stadium? So- SoFi. 
Yeah, SoFi. SoFi Stadium. Uh, beautiful looking stadium. We go out there on Monday night football. Should be really, really interesting to see. Now, this was the last time they played at Soldier Field. It was a cold weather game. I'm not talking cold as in, you know, below zero, but it was a it was a cold game. A lot of times, seems like West Coast teams don't really like the cold weather. I don't. I know Tyler. I, I know I Ty. You're not a big th- agreeer of that. But I, I because I, think I mean some proof truth. is but no proof is in the pudding. It's like that same thing when an East Coast team goes to a West Coast and then they get they they get blown out one time in a great time and everyone's like, oh, I told you, told you those teams don't travel well. When in fact, in actuality. It's more of a problem for East Coast teams to go to the West Coast, and it's been proven before. They have a harder time. But, again, that doesn't happen. Look at San Francisco. They had to play the the Jets one weekend and then the Giants the next weekend in New York both times. They won both games. Yeah, that's a good point. So I want to get back to the, the upcoming game, and I think the interesting thing with Golf. If you look at his first couple years, you talk about a streaky quarterback. Man, he could he could be on and throw four touchdowns and five hundred yards, or he could be just the opposite. This year, I checked. He's got about a seventy percent completion rating. He's probably been as consistent this year. Rams are running the ball a lot more this year. Um, they're going to that uh, three-receiver set. Um, C- Cooper Cup is not getting nearly the receptions he was getting. Woods is involved. Um, the tight ends are still involved when they're healthy. Um, I-, I think it's. I think it should be a really interesting game. I am not worried about anything you just said from their offense. I'm not worried about their defense. I'm worried about one man and one man alone. Yeah, I know who it is. Aaron Donald. Everyone scares should, the bejesus. Everyone out of me. should be worried about him. Yeah, but like this is this scares me in more ways than one. I don't want him to hurt Foles because he can. Yes, and he's going to dominate our offensive line. We better have a hell of a game plan, and that ball needs to come out quick. Well, the game plan on the offensive line needs to be look for his number and know where he is. 110% of the time. But I, okay, I agree, but that's not all. You can't draw up these exotic long play calls. Oh, no, you can't because you listen, don't have the offensive line for it. You don't. You don't. And in, in fact, if anything, what people have done against him is you got to get the ball out exceptionally fast. That he, he can bull rush and he can be in your face in a second and a half. He really can't. And we're not going to be able to run against these guys. So I don't even know why we're going to try. I fear a loss here. I feel like he could be that destructive. I'm a big fan of winning games in the trenches. The only way we stay in this game, and this has been the story of the Bears franchise for years and years and years, especially since uh, Ryan Pace took over, is simple. And that is that we have to win on the defensive side of the ball in the trenches. Yeah. That's the only way we come out of this and keep up with them. That's it. I feel the same way. This is, this is not a shootout. Okay. I don't see this being a, I don't see this being a 50, 60 point kind of game. 
I see this being a very much a defensive match. I think it's going to, I think on the offensive side, we're going to have to dink and dunk and take what the defense gives us. Um, I would not rely on the run at all. I, I, I think I would just pretty much give up the run, but Noah Nagy, he's going to um, try to do that. Well, and we're not being respected again. The lines came out. We're five and a half point underdogs, and they're saying the over under at 45 and a half. So, yeah. I mean, we've been underdogs. I, I we think were two and a half underdogs against Carolina. We were three and a half against Tampa. It, the story continues. So, so I say, so what? So what? No, I say bet on the Bears if you're going to bet. Yeah. Because they've been wrong every time. You're going to get a little good chunk of change out of that. So why go. not? There you go. I I could care less how that they're not giving us I, any respect right now. Um, I, I think actually the kind of team we have, maybe it's a little bit better for us to have a bit of chip on our shoulder as we come into places being the underdog. I'm okay but, with but, it. But, but here's the thing that scares me about that. I don't like that mentality. I don't like the underdog mentality for one reason and one reason alone. When the underdog, when and, and this is what it comes down to for the Bears, when the underdog becomes the top dog, the top dog gets the shit kicked out of them when we're the Bears. Every time we have become a favorite or we have momentum and we have steam, we should have dominated the Eagles in that. We were underdogs that whole year, and then we shit the bed every time we become the top dog. That's why I don't like the underdog mentality. I like it in the aspect we get wins off of it, but we need to learn to adapt as a team, not just to build an underdog mentality. And if you're going to build it, keep it even though you're the top dog. You have to have some kind of chip on your shoulder if you're going to play like that. You can't be satisfied with, okay, I've been the underdog so long, now I'm the top dog. Whew, everything's well, good. We can calm down now. Think, think of full speech you played for everyone. I mean, I think what he's trying to do to this team but that's, but, is but, remind them that they have a long way to go. No, but that's right now. That's the problem. That's what scares me. That is right now. What happens? What I am trying to say, and let me make this very clear for everyone. When you have an underdog mentality the entire season, and then you are noted and confirmed to be good, then you slip that's when the Bears slip every time. It's when they get that confirmation. Look what the Eagles did when they won the Super Bowl. Lane Johnson busted out the mask, the underdog, the underdog. Even when people were saying, well, they're not really underdogs anymore. But no, they had to have that mentality. The Chicago Bears, and I understand what you're saying with Nick Foles. But through the history of this team for the past decade or so, has been underdog, underdog, underdog. Oh, finally, we're getting recognition on ESPN and all the major networks. Whew, we can take a breath. And then we get our ass kicked. And then we lose in the playoffs. That's what I'm afraid of. So my whole thing is, I don't hate the underdog mentality. I don't want to see... I, it has to be black or white, right? <laughs> It has to be all in or all out. It cannot be, hey, we're only in it until we get the recognition online and across all yeah. social platforms. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You got to keep that chip on your shoulder exactly. no matter how good you get. 
But do you not agree with us? No, me, that they no. they they do That's, that. We they, drop the ball against the Eagles. We yes, we we've had we've had that scenario happen many many times in our history, where we were started out as underdog, we build up momentum, we get some press, we're looking good, and then and then we have our worst game against someone that we should have been able to beat quite easily. So yeah, I I get that. And look, I also hope that Chuck. Chuck Pagano, I hope he really goes out and he does his research and he looks at the game where we beat Philly, where we beat the Rams with Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. Like he needs to look at that because he he basically set up a blueprint that totally disrupted the entire Rams season. People looked at the blueprint and said, "Oh, that get get a little pressure on Jared Goff. He can't make throws." It'd be interesting to look at the statistics of Jared Goff when he has time, his completion percentage to when he's under pressure. Cause I, I'm pretty sure it drastically changes. Yeah. I, I, I think it, it very much changes. So I would definitely like to see Chuck Pagano get out there and kind of implement, I get his own style, but like look at what we did to him because that's the blueprint. I really feel like that's the blueprint. One of the things, I don't know if I recall that game very, very well. One of the things that, that really um, impressed me that game is how our defensive linemen had their hands up. I think there was three balls that we batted down, and I think that really started to frustrate Goff, and he, and he started to hesitate in terms of, of looking for receivers, and I think it really got him off of his game. Goff is a guy who, you know... I'll say it again. They they call Foles streaky. Goff is just as streaky, both in the positive and the negative. And if you can get him off his game, uh, you, you're well on your way to helping yourselves to a win. I think uh, the other thing that I would really, really like to see in this game, Tyler, is um, utilizing some of our other wide receivers. I think... Uh, that young kid is at Mooney. Uh, yeah, the wide, yeah, the wide receiver. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen him run some really good routes, and he's been open downfield. I, I, I would love us to, to, to you know, pass a bomb to him. Um, Anthony Miller, my God, Anthony Miller has totally disappeared this year. Um, did he have? Did he have a single catch in the last game? One catch, maybe two. I don't know. I'm looking it, for he, other statistics. I he, can't. He's he's just. It, but but Miller, even without looking for statistics, Miller's just really disappeared this year. Well, I can look. I was looking on this for and, this. And this. so so I think another key to the game is we, we've got to get some other people other than Allen Robinson open. Allen Robinson's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't throw to Allen Robinson, but I'm saying we've got to we've got to get this ball spread out. Well, do we though? If it works, it works. That's what I'm saying. And if you keep throwing Allen, then other people are going to get open. That's where that comes into play. Well, yeah, I can, I see that to a degree. I just think, I just think we could spread the ball. But if they're not open, they're not open. Well, yeah, if that's, if that's the reason why we're not throwing, I think it is. I, cause you know, I don't know. I, let me look at the stats here because I exited out and I was looking for the Jared Goff. We need a stat guy. So if anyone wants to have throw in <laughs> interesting stats or statistics that we haven't seen, 
please DM us at 34 to glory, email us, whatever. If you want to come on from time to time, feel free. Let us know. Cause we need a damn stat guy. Cause it's getting confusing. I mean, dad, uh, Alan Robinson, five catches, Montgomery, four, Mooney, three, Graham, five, Komet, two, Patterson, one, Miller, three. No, Miller actually. Had I mean, three that's catches. that's pretty spread out, to be honest. Yeah, I guess I I you know what? That's on me. I I did not remember the ball being spread around. That I think well. sometimes it just feels like it's always going to Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, probably. Well, so before we go, what do you think? Win, loss. Um, I'm gonna say that we pull it out by the skin of our teeth with a field goal. Well, all our games have been close. Um, I'm going to go close too, and I'm I'm not betting against us anymore until we lose or we get the shit kicked out of us. So I'm going win too. Why not? Yeah, I think I think we know I we know how to play Jared Golf. Uh, just comes up to Nagy. Hopefully, uh, he gets the uh, memo and figures it out. Oh, and before we go, the streak is broken, folks. We did end up scoring in the third quarter last week. Against the Panthers. So it is all over. So on that happy note, that's all for this week. And remember, it's always a good time when you bear down.